Welcome to Gemma Walk Live. Thank you so much for joining. I'll be talking today to Morris Blick. Uh, let me, before I add uh, Morris to our conversation, I would like to uh, tell you more about him. I first uh, caught a glimpse of uh, uh, his work uh, over seven years ago at Liberty London. Uh, the only a few pieces I saw, they were definitely enough uh, to get me hooked forever. Uh, originally, he's a shoe designer, uh, but he's the sweetest, wisest, and hardworking man I've ever met in jewelry industry. He's actually based in New York City, where he creates all his pieces, so all his jewelry are handmade. Uh, he designs a kaleidoscope of colorful jewels uh, moving with every movement, and I'll show you uh, some of his pieces later today. Um, I mean, his jewelry for me, they ignites pure joy and playfulness uh, was, was, uh, in every lucky uh, enough to wear them. So I'm very happy um, Moritz will be uh, joining uh, Gemma Lock Live today and we'll talk about his jewelry design and his uh, jewelry signature. So let me add him and I also will um, type here the name of this live just one second welcome thank you so much for joining Moritz. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you much for joining. Hello, everyone. Hey, ah! Lisa. Hello, Moritz. How are you? So good to good. see you. Good to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm home <laughs> with my cat, and he doesn't stop meow. <laughs> ah, you have a cat. Yes. We ah. don't have a meow during this interview, I think. <laughs> I mean, you have to show show the cat to us. I'm I love cats. I'm a big cat person. So I have a few questions today to ask you about sure. your jewelry and your jewelry journey. So the first question I have: Why did you choose to become a jewelry designer? Um, it's fun. I feel like I was not the one choose to become a jewelry designer. I feel more like was the universe brought me into this industry because I'm coming from a shoe world. And when I moved to United States in the beginning of the 90s, the IG was continuing working with shoes. But I ended up in this jewelry studio one day, you know, delivering um, a sample, a belt that I was working, was my first job actually in New York. I was working this belt manufacturer. And my boss back then asked me to deliver the samples to this jewelry designer. So it was the first time I, I seen it and... Um, and I just fell in love immediately. I know I love tools. I love build up things with my hands. And uh, when I saw all the equipment, the painted jewel, uh, jeweler, uh, the tools, and uh, I was fasc fascinated by it. And um, she invited me to work for her right after, but not doing jewelry, but doing home accessories. And um, so I started. You know, on self-taught, I started buying books, videos, and learning, and I, everything became, like, very organically, the transition from shoe to jewelry. And one day, I woke up, I was a jeweler. 
<laughs> I, I thought uh, when I for the first time I saw your pieces at Liberty London over seven years ago, I thought you were an architect. Yeah, people think my background is an architect as well. Yeah, my lines are very geometric. Uh, I really love the um, the idea. You know, I get inspired a lot by the architect, architect, the forms, the the shapes, and uh, uh, people already always ask me if I'm an architect. My background is architect. So, so I have another question for you. Um, it's it's fascinating. How, so, how did you blend uh, traditional techniques with a playful avant-garde sensibility in your sig signature locket design? Because I know locket is your signature, and that's how you started initially with the collections. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, I think with the time, um, you know, I've been a bench jeweler now for twenty-five years. Um, all this experience, you know being in a bench and uh, build a, building up things. Uh, it gave me more, how can I say, gave me more um, experience to, to play around with the material. And um, the big part of my transition from, from what I was doing before, the kind of tool I was doing before, always being very dainty, very delicate, with a very geometric feeling. Uh, was this uh, lucite box that I had that I was carrying my my jewel my not my jewel my stones inside, and uh, that box was every day bringing in and out from the closet. You know, back then I was working at home. I didn't have a safe. It was literally my bed one side and my my bench jewel the other side. And uh, the end of the day, I was putting everything inside the closet that I was keeping my clothing to. And uh, all this movement on the box, it just it gave me a, a little click. And seeing everything moving all the time, I love to play, you know, the jewel would be very playful and uh, with a lot of movement. And I just thought about making that lucite box, uh, you know, as a piece of jewelry. And um, I started developing, you know, playing here, playing there with uh, lucite pieces, you know, I went to Canal Street, I bought some pieces of uh, acrylic and, and uh, start playing around to see what can I get. And, um, and I thought I was going to a really good direction and uh, I just invested in it and uh, became my, my signature, the Shakers, it's my signature now. Ah, so what was what was in your first uh, locket? What, what what sort of pieces did you put in in them initially? Yeah, my first shaker, what I put initially was diamonds. You know, uh, <laughs> so humble. <laughs> yes, because I wanted something small to make work, and the diamonds you can get in any color. You know, of the rainbow. And the first piece I did with some very inexpensive diamonds, something that I, I could afford it. And, uh, and then I switched to, to the sapphires, you know, the color sapphires. And with the time, uh, you know, I, everything develops in a way that uh, I brought it basically everything. I brought the aquamarines, I brought the opos, the paraibas, 
Um, all sorts of Say it again. All sorts of gemstones. I've seen your pieces with everything, like every yes. single gemstone. It's, I also love how you combine the colors in the pieces. So, um, so could you tell us more about uh, the signature design element you mentioned, and uh, how did you develop? Um, the signature design across your Muda core Apollo collections. How did you basically transition with the same element across so many different collections? Uh, I think that the core collection is the uh, essence of the shaker. Uh, it's I, I just it's, I just playing with the forms and, and very simple, very clean, and to bring the more. I would say more avant-garde look to my shakers. Uh, Apollo was one of the collections. Uh, I named the collection uh, as Apollo because my cat, who doesn't stop me now in the background. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a tech serial kind of cat, you know, the black and white. And uh, one evening I was sitting down on the couch watching TV and was the time I was developing Apollo Collection. And uh, the Apollo Collection, I brought the enamel. For the first time, I brought the enamel to, the, to my jewelry. And mm -hmm. since the beginning, I want to use the black and white, just the black and white colors. Uh, I, I feel like if you have a black and white, uh, it gives you a balance for you to bring any more colors in. You know, black and white is, is the, the key for mixing colors with. Um, and Apollo was hanging, you know, laying my lap right there, and I'm thinking, thinking. And when I saw that, oh my God, of course, it has to be Apollo. <laughs> the name, and so I named after him. And uh, in that collection, I brought a little more. It, it's it, it's very more luxury, I'll say. It's more luxury, but it's it's, the, it's still a state jewelry, and. Um, it makes uh, the jewelry much more refined, I would say, uh, mm. with the, the collect Apollo collection. And right, right after, I, I brought the Muda, which is, was uh, a revolving on top of, uh, of uh, Apollo. So, mm -hmm. but usually I launch a collection every year. And uh, usually I launch at a couture show, and unfortunately this year we don't have it. Uh, yeah, it's sad. After how many years? 15 years in a row or something like that. And so I decided to bring the, the Muda. Uh, and Muda is a Portuguese word that means uh, two different things. Uh, Muda means change, and Muda means sprout. So, okay. yeah, so and the sprout idea of the sprout that it's regrowing because you, you cut a little piece of the plant, you replant again, and you, you regrow that little baby uh, to a, something much bigger. And uh, I felt the company, the brand, was in the, this right moment. The, the brand is growing and, and getting more sophisticated. And... Um, I had a lot of room to improve the Apollo collection. So I brought it uh, more two, two more colors to the collection. So I brought the royal blue and the coral color. Um, 
what else I can say about it? And, and, and was very gratificant showing this collection at Couture because the feedback I got from the, the, the stores, you know, people that I respect so much, people that are in the industry so much longer than I am, giving me all these compliments and, and seeing my revolving uh, collection and it's still my DNA behind it. So Yes. So how, how did you manage to keep this DNA innovative but absolutely timeless and it's just and expand from one collection to another. It's just a lot of jewelry designers, they get inspired by the world. It's very hard to keep the signature and you sort of, you always kept your signature. It, it, Maybe it because is. you have a fantastic signature, which, how did you develop the signature in the first place? How did it all come together? It was from shakers basically. And then you decided to uh, keep one stone and mix the stones because you have so many variations of that particular DNA. It's just, uh, it's incredible. Yeah, I think we have to keep fresh all the time. I think we have to be innovating. And, um, and it's not easy. Uh, uh, I must say it's, it's a difficult part of to continue doing, to be authentic to your DNA. Uh, I, you know, I just let it, you know, my mind go freely and try to bring as much as I can inside. So the, the colors, for example, the large stones was a, ne a new step I had mm -hmm. on the shakers because before I was using just the mellies, you know, just small stones. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I brought it in, the color large sapphires, but because of the technique of the shakers, the way things has to be built up, they stone, the height of the stones, the term, it, it's very, important on on a process of building up the the shakers so i decided to use the rose cuts because the rose cuts don't have the coolant of the stones they are basically flat and uh and i found these people that was cutting for me they still do um color sapphires and i double rose cut them so both sides of the stones are rose cut and my my shakers it's like a, a, a big panel that you can see through it. Uh, so there is no front and back. So it doesn't matter what side you look at it, you see exactly the same look. So I didn't, I didn't realize you took so much effort in also, uh, in also kind of cutting the stones and making sure that the piece looks beautiful from both sides, regardless how it's worn, if it's a, it's, if it's a, it's a pendant. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so much behind the scenes, right? So much backstage happening to to get an appointment to present something out. That's that's amazing. So, um, could you describe uh, how I'm going to show you a piece of jewel you've seen it before? So, could you just describe me uh, step by step from raw materials to the final piece? How do you put it together? So, okay. this is the piece we have. Oh, our Paraiba an opal pendant yes so how did you and i'm going to show you the back as well yes uh it's it's very sweet of you <laughs> showing it and uh i'm i'm happy that you you oh, it's a beautiful piece of, with yeah. my favorite stones with opal and paraibas and i'm i'm struggling so could you tell us the process from it's obviously sure. it's the sweetest tiniest signature it looks yes, beautiful. Uh, on my baby, there's so much work I clearly don't know about. 
Yeah, the baby shakers are, are, are fun. And um, to, to start the, the, the whole piece, uh, first we pull in the gold. You know, my, my jewelry is very handmade. For example, this piece is 100% handmade. There is no cast involving. Uh, evolved on, on this one. Uh, I do cast sometimes as well, but the, the essence of my jewelry is handmade jewelry. So on that one, going back on that piece, we pull the gold first, and then we cut it, and we shape it, and we solder it. Everything by hand. Uh, after we solder the, the bezel, we had another bezel that goes inside that I call the inner bezel. That inner bezel gonna determine the size of the stones. So I work with millimeter, like a tenth of a millimeter. So this, each piece that I build up, each stone is measured with precise precision. It's measured with precision to to get the right amount and the right way for them to play inside. So the, the stones are all picked or hand picked, measured. I weight every single stone, and um, so by now I have the, the stone sitting next to me, and we have the the the, the white sapphire crystal, and which is the, the clear part of the, the shakers. Uh, they, we hand cut the sapphire crystal as well. So I have this guy who's working with me for almost 10 year, 20 years now, I guess, uh, 15 to 20 years. And it's incredible. It's all hand cut. You know, John is amazing. I love him. And uh, so he cut, he fastened every single piece. And when it gets uh, in my hands, we start setting them. And we, the setting is very tricky because the, this white sapphire, it's all fastened around. And, um, and we have to, we set as we set a large, expensive stone. And with extra care, because we cannot scratch the, the, the sapphire crystal, we cannot crack the, the, the facets of the sapphire crystal, uh, uh, sapphire crystal. After we set the first part, the first one side, uh, we, we take uh, it to a polishing process. So we polish the entire piece, the chain is the last thing that gets there. Uh, we polish the entire piece, washed, and leave everything ready to be filled with the stones. Uh, another thing is uh, the piece has to be extremely clean inside, you know, because otherwise you see dust, you see lint everything inside the piece, the, the, the piece. So each stone is clean one by one by one with a flannel. It's we pick by a twister, literally one by one. So in a large pieces that take uh five, ten carats stone, it's like a hundred stones, two hundred stones inside. And it's a it's a whole process. It's time consuming. So after we put everything stone inside, we place the other sapphire crystal, the other side of the panel in, and check if it's the right amount we have inside. Because uh, I love to play with the negative and positive space of the pieces. And if you have a little too full, 
it doesn't look right or it's a little too heavy, it doesn't look right. Sometimes I take literally one single stone from the, the piece and makes all the difference in the world. It, it's unbelievable how can change. Like you look at the piece and you cannot believe I'm going to take just one piece and this going to do something. And it does. And uh, in the end, so after we set the second sapphire crystal, the polishing process is just on the bench now. It's just with flexible shaft. Uh, it's very, because everything's already polished, it's just, a, we just finalize them. And I sign every single piece by hand. So I, yeah, all by hand with a little tool. And uh, so I write yeah, my name. Yeah, that has a signature. Yeah, I write my name. I, I write the carry weight of every single stone inside. And for example, this one I write, I don't remember how many cats of Pariba has and how many cats of Opo have. They have. Uh, and uh, it's ready to go to a nice home. <laughs> I'm very happy to to to, yes. uh, to be at home for this beautiful jewel. I love how it's so delicate, right? But how much work goes in one of those? It's incredible. I know, I know. It, it, it's it, like it's a, definitely a fine jewel. I mean, with I mean Paribas and opals, right? But there is also so much effort from and then this is like this is not, we're talking about a very small delicate piece and. Delicate doesn't mean that it cannot be fine, right? Exactly. It's so much attention to details and... Yeah, the, the bell that I use, you know, it's a, another signature of ours. It's a long bell. It's not a round bell. So what I like about it is the it creates a, a more distance between the piece and the chain. So you have, again, the negative space I play with. So give you a room and, and elongates all the pieces. Uh, it, you know, I used to do the round ones and I, I changed to the long jump rings and, uh, and uh, especially my eyes, I think it makes all the difference in the world. You know, when you have the chain a little far away from the piece, it's so much nicer to look at. You know, it's much cleaner and your eye is just go everywhere. It doesn't focus in one single point. Oh, it's incredible. I love how much work uh, goes into every single piece. And this one is a tiny one. And you have some statements as well yes. with emeralds and diamonds. And there's just so much to discover in your jewelry. You know, the, the last collection I've seen in Las Vegas last year with the bugs and like all the rings and the gorgeous, most gorgeous pendants, but like white, I mean, like more, more of a statement that yes. definitely my favorite. So uh, how important is a drawing in the design process for you? How precise should it be? Or everything's in your mind? Yeah, I would say I'm not a very good, my, drawing, my drawings are not very good. I wish it was, they were better. But I sketch roughly. What I do, I sketch a lot. And my sketch is very rough. But what I do, I map it out a lot. It is, so uh, next to my sketch, I have so many, um, so, ma so many things written down. You know, the, the size, the precise size of the stones are gonna take use. Uh, which kind of mirror are gonna use? What's the, the distance between one part and another one? So I do start from scratch, uh, from uh, uh, sketches. 
but I'm a very visual kind of person. And uh, so in the end uh, of the, the sketch, they, they, do look, uh, they do look like my rough sketch. But doesn't the process of making it to get my prototype is much more important than my drawing. Uh, but it, it is nice when you finish a piece, and uh, even though my sketches are so rough, when I can put an X to it, uh, it's it's a it's a little moment of happiness because that idea you had that rough sketch to put on a paper because the paper accepts everything you can draw whatever you want but in the reality when you start making it you have to adjust you know you realize things doesn't work that way the thought the way you you thought would work and and so, it's a lot of process in my mind much more than in the drawing and mm -hmm. I, i'm a swimmer and um, it's it's unbelievable in the process, of, you know, I, I love swimming. I miss my pool so much these days. But it's the moment that I, I resolve things in my mind. You know, especially times that I'm designing new collections. That um, it, I my mind doesn't never turn off, and um, which are a little painful in a way. You know, <laughs> I think the the process of creating, designing can be painful too. And uh, you are insecure with a lot of things, you know. You doubt yourself, uh, and uh, you try to come up with uh, with um, results. And um, my mind is very mechanic as well. So the pool, when I'm swimming, I'm surrounded just by water, and uh, there is no phone ringing, no nobody talking to you, and it just clicks. It's like a Eureka, you know, in the moment I finish swimming, a lot of time happened to me. I leave the gym in a rush because I want to get in my studio <laughs> and try that thing out and see if it really works. That's uh, a great routine. I love that. Yeah, so I, I, I'm looking forward to both swimming again. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully soon, hopefully soon. So when did, you, uh, when did you create Shakers? How many years has it been? Uh, okay. I'll say... We are in 2020. Oh my God! Uh, uh, I think like a 15 years ago. So you've been perfecting your shakers for the past 15 years, and yes, yes. developing collection after collection. Yes, definitely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of swimming. It's a lot of swimming. <laughs> a lot of. So we also have some questions from the audience I would like to ask you. So the first question is, uh, do you have something you cannot live without? It's a funny thing, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's my earplugs. <laughs> Why earplugs? <laughs> I swimming? Not, I use for swimming as well, but this is for sleeping. I can be in the middle of the the countryside, any place. I, I'm a horrible sleeper. I sleep, my sleep is very light. And uh, uh, if I don't have my earplugs to block, it doesn't block 100% of the sound, but blocks enough for me to pass out. <laughs> so okay. I cannot live without it. I really cannot live without it. 
Any, anywhere I go, I make sure I have a few pairs in my bags. I have a pair in my pocket. <laughs> and that's a funny thing, but it is the truth. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so another question we have. Oh, what is your favorite song? Song? Yes. Uh, your favorite song? I listen to a lot of Brazilian music. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> um, I don't know if I have a really favorite one. I love the... Um, I'm trying to, to, to come up with a name of a song that... Uh, is there any particular know. type of music? Brazilian music you like? What yeah, is your favorite? I, I, I like the Bossa Nova. In, uh, uh, I, I, I like uh, the Brazilian jazzy kind of music. Um, I listen to a lot of um, Beatles. You know, I, I grew up with Beatles with Elton John, um, The Doors. I uh, know mm -hmm. I'm, I'm old kind of guy. I, I'm not listening much to hip hop or this kind of. Music. I love the, the lyrics on, on, on the music. You know, um, those are my more cup of tea, I think, music-wise talking, yeah. Hopefully we'll be back to Brazil soon and enjoy Bossa Nova, hopefully somewhere on the beach of Rio. Yeah, one day soon, we hope. Hopefully. So another question we have is, what advice would you give to students who look up to you and want to enter a career in a jewelry design? Do you have any advice, advice for them? Um, I think you have to really work hard and um, and believe in yourself. Uh, I don't think it's an easy path to, to get in, but with a lot of uh, persistence and and uh, and goals in your mind and determination, I think you can get in anywhere. You know, don't believe that uh, things gonna fall in your in your lap because they don't you know if you don't work for it it doesn't matter which direction you want to go i don't think you reach anywhere um so i would say persistence and um, and and have a goals you know i i love to start a years making goals like a this year i want to accomplish this, this, and that. And I think mm -hmm. professionally-wise, I think it's the same thing. I think you have to, to get those goals in your mind and, and work for it. Um, and uh, you're going to get somewhere. I, I'm sure you're going to get somewhere if you work hard enough. You are very hardworking. Yes, very, I am. I you're am. very hardworking. I think you work in your sleep as well. <laughs> I do sleep a lot in the, during this quarantine time, which is nice. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, and so we have another question: Is ah, what is your biggest moment in your jewelry career? Uh, it comes to my mind immediately was when I saw Michelle Obama wearing my earrings. Oh. Uh, I really admire. I love Obama era you know i i love michelle obama i think she's such, such a, a wonderful lady and seeing her wearing my piece 
it was really, really nice. You know, he put a big smile on my face. Uh, wow. And uh, and I think that the awards at Couture, I had won twice at Couture. For people who doesn't know, Couture show is this show that's a, the biggest show in the industry, uh, the jewelry show in the industry. And uh, to to receive the award by the, the people in the industry, to to, to they recognize your work. Uh, it's very grateful, uh, grateful, and uh, I think those are the the biggest moments for me. You know, to have uh, to be recognized by the the industry that I'm doing something right, and to see somebody that you love wear your jewelry. I think those are. Uh, the biggest highlights. So, which design Michelle Obama wore of yours? What, 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 which, which earrings was it? She was earrings. She wore these earrings that uh, uh, was the time I was doing the mixed metal collection. You know, was the time that uh, the gold again. The gold is going so high these days, but back then was extremely high and was very hard to make bigger pieces all in gold. So mm. I decided to mix the silver, which is a very inexpensive material, with the 18 karat gold. So this, oh. is, this was, a, uh, I still have this piece in my collection. I still love it. Because sometimes you make things after a few years, you look at it, you, you know, I don't know why I did this and I don't like this anymore. But some pieces are, are there forever. And this is one of them, you know, I still love it. It's a, a big circle. Uh, in in silver with the uh, outside all yellow gold, so I set the yellow gold on top of the silver. So the the profile of the piece is yellow, but the front it's oxidation silver with diamonds, and the center of it we have a a, a square, uh, which is my shaker. But I didn't set the square in a square position; was in, in a diamond position. And uh, and hanging by three little orbits diamond, they they go larger to smaller, and uh, in yellow and oxidized 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 silver as well. I, I love you. I love to listen how you describe jewelry. It's so much, <laughs> so much. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. So let me see what else, which questions we have here. Ah, what is your favorite color? Favorite color as a stone or my favorite color? color? Are they different? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite color? Color and what is your favorite my color? My favorite gemstone? color, it's blue. I love blue. Oh. Blue and black. Blue uh, and black. Yeah, uh, I love the combination with the black and blue. I think it's very chic. Uh, Unfortunately, cats don't come in this color. Say it again? Unfortunately, cats don't come in this color. <laughs> no, they come black and white. <laughs> and uh, I even, you know, I try out a few years ago to do a jewelry with a black and white and was not well received. But I continue trying and you know, it, it's more now they they see more as a interesting piece, an interesting combination. It, it's a very warm combination. It's very subtle, um, 
for the blues and, and the blacks, I think, uh, my colors. And as a stones, um, I like the, the green, I like the emerald, you know, and the paraiba with that, that, that specific blue color, it looks more like a Pacific Ocean color. That's just a paraiba ha has. And um, of course the diamonds. And um, so that will be my, my favorite colors, I think will be the, on the, on the jewelry will be the green, the emerald green, the um, paraiba green, and the, the coreless, I, I would say the diamonds, you know, the, wow. even though they come in all different colors, but the white ones is almost like uh, coreless. They, they, it's, it's just a fire. It's, a, it's this rock that sparkles so much that it, it just takes your breath away, you know? It's, oh, who God. doesn't like diamonds, right? People love diamonds, indeed. <laughs> they love this, they will all love the sparkle. Yes. I love this. You have uh, in one of, in one of the pieces in your collection is actually engagement ring. I call it engagement ring. I'm not sure if it is, and it is. It's full of emeralds, and the ring is an emerald cut shape. I think. Do you know which one? I'm, I think it's very popular. It's stunning. It's like it looks like an engagement ring. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, I know which one you talk about. We call it the ten fourteen. Uh, oh. Yes, uh, our 1014 that uh, I've been doing it for a while now, and it's very popular. It's, it really is. And, and, uh, and became as an alternative engagement ring as well. So we can do it in uh, all emeralds. We can do all diamonds. We can do a mix of stones together, like the, the larger, but not so large, color sapphires. Uh, but it's not emerald shape. It's more like a cushing, elongated cushion shape, right? That's the one you talk about. Yes, exactly. Yes, like yes, like uh, it basically. It it looks like an emerald card full of emeralds. Yes, yes, and the, the chunk is very thin, very delicate. So yes, it, it's a state piece, uh, but a very statement piece but in a way it, it's it, it's not you know it, it, it's so my that's what i try to do with my jewelry all the time i i don't want them to be too serious you know it has to be more playful but it's still uh elegant enough you know that you can wear uh, on mm -hmm. the evenings or you can wear on during the day uh uh, and people these days, they are looking for alternative bridal. And uh, that's what I come with now, you know. I have another one that uh, our three-stone ring that is uh, emerald shape. But we do with uh, the palladium, uh, palladium and uh, white gold. It's a mix called, oh, wow. yeah, a mix of alloys. And um, which we call the gray gold. It's not very white. It has this very like subtle grayish color. So it's a whitish grayish, it's much warmer. So it's, uh, it's my white gold, I would say, for my bridal. So I'm using the gray gold for bridal. And uh, this specific ring, uh, I love it. It's like a really a, a twist on ring. If you look from far away, you just think it's a huge rock in the center. And so it's the classic twist on ring. 
I love your attention to, to details and just reinventing the classical. It's still they're very timeless but very playful, and uh, it, and it's still exa with exactly the same DNA of every single collection. It's, it's fascinating. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> we just have to do it. <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of effort. So, yeah. you, so you call them shakers. Where does the word come from? Why shakers? And also you call them kaleidoscope. Yeah, I call the kaleidoscope shakers. That's the name uh -huh. we call them. Uh, and uh, the shaker name comes from the movement, the shaking, the stones move around. And the... Um, And, and uh, you know, our dear Cindy Elderstein, uh, who doesn't remember her, she, one, one year, I was doing the show, the Couture show, and I got kind of upset that I, I saw people knock me off. You know, I saw some copcats out there. And uh, she came to me, she said, don't worry, Moritz, nobody shakes like Moritz Glick. Ah, that's where it comes from. That's where the signature hashtag comes yes. from. Yes, that's where the hashtag comes from. So for everyone who doesn't know, so Maurice, um, uh, Maurice has this hashtag, which is nobody shakes it like Maurice Glick. And it's his signature hashtag for his jewelry, like his brand's hashtag. And I was always wondering where, we actually have a question here. How do you come up with it? Oh, what a good yeah, story. It's a nice story, right? And, and it's a dear Cindy that uh, came up with it. So it, it, and it's totally, it's the shake movement. So, uh, and it's kaleidoscope because you can move like a kaleidoscope and it's constantly changing, you know, the colors, the prisma. So I think it's a good name for, for it. You know, it's a, a shakers. It is as playful and timeless as your jewelry designs. So it is, it is very good. Yeah, it's definitely it's very memorable and catchy and actually has a really good story. I didn't know the story, so now I know. That's so let me see if we have any other questions. Oh, so we have a question here. Uh, what is the best advice have you ever received? To be true to myself, to don't doubt what I'm doing. You know, just go for it and just judge, try to judge yourself in the end of it. Because in the process of creation, like I mentioned before, can be very painful. If you doubt every single step you do, you don't accomplish anything. So I'm just trying to, you know, turn that part of my brain off and uh, go for it. And the end, you can, you know, analyze and, and criticize whatever you want. But I think you have to believe, believe in yourself. I'm sure we're all working on that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a life process. Life process, indeed. So uh, let me see if we have any more questions. Oh, and we have another question, which is tricky. How do you feel about so many brands feeling inspired by your work and copying your designs? Yeah, this is a, it's very upsetting in a way. And... Um, I already waste a lot of time, money, and energy on it because the um, copywriting in jewelry uh, is very difficult, you know. You can make something, somebody else can make uh, the same thing, but they change one little thing here or there, and it's okay. So they can 
do it as well. So, uh, as is, you know, these days I take as a compliment. I think if they copy me because I'm good, I guess, you know, they're not going to copy something that's not good enough. So I try to relax about it and be cutting edge all the time because by the time they come up, with, they knock me off. They try to copy me. I'm already so much ahead of them. And um, I, I cannot stop all of them. So I'm just going to make sure I'm going to be ahead of them all the time. That's very wise of you. Very wise of you. So in the end, uh, social media is fantastic for that. So when you launch something before, people would be afraid to share what they do. And nowadays they try to share as much as possible. Yes. And the way that's how you show that it's your designs because you can. And then, you, and then the secret is to innovate. It's to be able to uh, work with your DNA and the signature the way you do it and actually... Uh, create one collection after another and surprise your clients, surprise the industry and win the awards and uh, exactly what you're doing. It was a lot of passion and a lot of work and a lot of traveling, not at, at the moment. So, so it's a, it's a, maybe it's a, good, it's a good break as well to, to relax. Yeah. And stop traveling between Japan and, and some other Asian countries and U.S. You're always on the move. So it, it's, it's good in a way to uh to kind of relax and take time i'm sure there will be amazing new designs coming uh from you by the end of the self-isolation are you working on anything exciting yes uh actually um i i was finished my collection by the time all this pandemic started happening and i was in in, uh, in portugal i was in paris for the fashion week and um from paris was not a, was not that bad yet. So we felt during Fashion Week that it was much quiet. You know, the city was not as packed as it used to be. So already there we felt something about it. And then I, I went to Portugal because I, I do manufacture in Portugal as well. You know, most of my, my, my production is done in New York, in my studio. But I do part of it, which I don't finalize the pieces there. It's just parts of the, the jewelry that comes from me. And I assemble and I finish here. So I went to Portugal to finalize the collection. And um, yesterday, I just received a uh, few pieces from the new collection, which is not done yet. So now it's, I have to sit down and finalize them. And uh, it's very excited, you know. Um, I'm still working on the um, on the classics, but it's still revolving. And I I scaled down a lot this year. I did uh, small pieces, but it's still it's still a statement, you know. But it's not. Uh, not as large as I used to do. And, uh, and one of the reasons, well, I want to get um, my piece more affordable, you know, that everybody can wear. Uh, but it's still with my identity behind, it's still with my look. Um, so I'm going to start showing few of them soon on uh, social media. That's, you know? that's exciting. Many jewel lovers will be very excited to have more of your jewelry pieces. Yeah, oh. I hope so too. Yeah. Yeah, we have the, the collectors out there. I love the people that are collecting uh, 
my jewelry and they get so excited when they see something else and um, and they have to have it <laughs> oh, because you innovate you really innovate the design moves develops and, and and you never know what to expect from you and when it comes to colors and shapes but exactly with the same dna so it's very exciting to see your collection year after year you, I, you don't see that often um in in other people's work thank you so much for watching we have, we have some great people watching the talk at the moment thank you so much for listening and sending us your love uh so Morris, thank you so much i'm so happy that you found time to to speak to me today and uh and i'm really um I really admire what you do and I'm really looking forward to your next collection and hopefully uh, the world will open up and we will and I'll see your new collection in person as soon as possible. Thank you so much for having me here today. It was very nice to be part of your your Instagram live. Um and thank you for all these compliments you're giving to me during this interview. I'm there from bottom of my heart and I actually I do really want to see your cat. Ah, let's go. Let's find a cat. Now he's talking to me. Wait. Look, he's sleeping now. We need to see the you know. Oh wow. No no jewelry? Your cat is not dressed in jewelry? Has <laughs> no jewelry. A pause. Look at them. Say hi. Thank you. You have a nice evening there too and stay safe for sure. Thank you. Okay, big kiss. Ciao. Ciao.